tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So this was a major breach of trust, and, and I'm really sorry that this happened. Um, you know, we have a basic responsibility to protect people's data, and if we can't do that, then, then we don't uh, deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. You know, Facebook users can't seem to get a break. So many are still steamed about the misuse of their personal information by Cambridge Analytica and Facebook during the 2016 election. And most recently, Facebook fessed up to the biggest hack ever. 50 million accounts. But there's something going on at Facebook that maybe you're unaware of. Facebook, behind the scenes, is actually putting the screws to small business owners from coast to coast and really around the globe in unthinkable ways. Hi there, I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando, and you're listening to Commando On Demand. It's a podcast that provides in-depth insight on the ever-changing technology landscape and the impact that it has on your day-to-day life. And in this podcast, we're talking about why Facebook's bread and butter accounts, both large and small, are just abandoning ship. That's right. Businesses and celebrities are leaving Facebook in droves. And I have a confession. I'm one of them. I may still have a business account, but my personal Facebook account is long gone. And it's probably only a matter of time before I close down the business one too. According to a recent survey conducted by The Atlantic, Facebook is now the least trusted social media platform. Over 50% of those polls say they had very little or no trust in Facebook at all. Imagine if somebody said that about you. 50% of the people who know you say they don't trust you. And just recently, Business Insider reported a significant drop in Facebook user engagement. That's how they make their money, folks. Another nail on the coffin? Facebook just lost its fourth largest social media platform, Instagram. Instagram co-founders Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger quit Facebook, accusing Mark Zuckerberg of meddling practices. You see, back in July, Facebook's stock lost $120 billion in value after failing to meet their Wall Street revenue projections. Okay, it was their largest loss in history. Let me say that again, $120 billion. And the stock has been declining since then. It really comes down to this. Facebook has made some very poor business decisions. Not really sure why. Maybe it's lack of maturity. The average Facebook worker is 28 years old. Mark Zuckerberg, I think, is 33 now. Maybe they just don't get what it's like to actually own and operate a small business. And small businesses notice, we're all just jumping ship. It's not because of Facebook's stock value, it's much more personal and actually more real. If you wanna be successful in whatever you do, listen to this podcast. We're gonna learn about Facebook's mistakes. We're also gonna talk about how you can sustain a successful company without Facebook. Plus, I'm gonna tell you why I finally left Facebook for good. We're going to get to all that, but first, a quick thank you to one of our partners because they make the podcast possible. Hey, welcome back. Everybody knows how to ride the gravy train to the top, but staying at the top requires that you maintain the trust of small businesses, not just the large ones. 
In Facebook, well, I think they're about to lose all that. A number of high-profile companies and celebrities have either deleted their accounts or quit advertising on the site altogether. Cher stopped using her personal profile on Facebook because of the data leak. Of course, like me, she still keeps the fan page going, but she's basically stopped interacting altogether. Jim Carrey not only deleted his Facebook accounts, he sold his stock. Why? Because of the election meddling fiasco. Mozilla bowed out, hinting that it might come back after Facebook changes the way it handles third-party apps. Pet Boys Auto, they pulled out. And according to a spokesperson, they're waiting for the dust to settle, whatever that means. Will Ferrell wasn't real happy with all the controversy surrounding Facebook, not to mention what people were doing to his photo. So he's gone. There's also Tesla, SpaceX, Playboy, Sonos, Apple founder Steve Wozniak, and so many more have made significant moves to limit or remove their presence on Facebook. I think Steve Wozniak put it best when he said, He was dropping Facebook because of the way that they treated their users. And get this, he said, and I quote, Facebook's profits were all based on the user's info, but the users get none of the profits back. Consider that for a second. A company like Facebook that claims to be all about the little guy and all about family and friends and connecting and pulling people together. They never say they're about big business or having a big business presence. And then I've always wondered, If I'm sharing information with them and they're making money off of it, maybe I should get a piece of the action. Then, of course, there's CEO Mark Zuckerberg. All right, he decided to make a branding change. He claimed that he wanted to see on Facebook, and I'm going to quote, more posts from friends and family and less public content, including videos and other posts from publishers or businesses. All right, his goal is to make Facebook, he says, more social, with fewer commercials and product posts. All right, that's great, but that's not really the truth. Let's get back to the grassroots of what Facebook was supposed to be in the first place. And here's the deal. Instead of supporting small, more personal grassroots businesses and kicking out the large ones, he actually did quite the opposite. I mean, have you actually taken a look at Facebook's new posting guidelines? If you haven't, and you're on Facebook, you really ought to check it out. Especially if you advertise or you fall for that whole I don't know, seems scammy to me about boosting posts. The rules are really strict, especially for bloggers and small business. Here are just a few. Now, when I tell you about these, I want you to remember that this is your Facebook page. It has to do with your small business. You have told your fan base, your customers, your audience, whoever it may be, to go to your Facebook page. So you had to do a little marketing yourself to even let them know that you were there. So with that said, here are some of the rules. Facebook will not let you put promotional language on your cover image anymore. Why? In order to create what they say, a good experience for everyone. Mm, Right. Creating an emotional connection with a potential customer or fan, it's not easy for those of us who own small businesses. And now Facebook gives us this? We communicate with language, not photos. I mean, come on, Facebook. We're not all three years old. Another change? The landing tab. It's going to be removed. A lot of small businesses relied on it because it was easier to drive fan behavior, but now it's gone. Big businesses that have easy-to-find websites, they have no trouble with that. Their customers will get to their Facebook page using their website. Easy enough. But from an organic traffic point of view, you can forget it. Ready for another? If you post to Facebook using a third-party app, your posts will not be as visible. 
you have to go directly onto Facebook to post with any degree of visibility. Now, of course, they've added another tier to their advertising options. <sighs> the premium ad. Yes, sounds great, isn't it? It's larger, it's more dynamic, and of course, it's also more expensive. You're going to have to pay by the impression, not by the click. And that's a good thing for larger established brands, but for small businesses, ouch. Here's the one that I think is most demeaning to small business owners. It's something that they are calling the reach generator. You may have not have heard about this. You see, Facebook is letting large companies get a reach generator, which promises additional reach for their status updates at a hefty price. Now, here's the funny thing. Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook's chief operating officer, once admitted that the reach generator status updates will only be 16%. Jeez, that's crazy. A whopping 16 of your 100 fans are going to see your status updates. And hey, if you're not happy with the 16%, Facebook has the answer. You ready? Ah, yes, purchase more advertising from them. Heck, an open rate on an email generates a 25% contact. So let's just do the math here. On second thought, no, please. Let me just give you a wad of $100 bills and you should just burn it, Cheryl, which you probably could do very easily since your salary was a meager $25.2 million last year. That's according to Wikipedia. Well, now Facebook admits that they have miscalculated. Hmm. The reach-generated posts are supposed to reach 75% of your fans. Oh my gosh, what a big jump. I honestly don't know what to believe anymore. Take Holly Homer. Hmm. Holly is an entrepreneur from Texas whose Facebook pages include Quirky Mama and Kids Activities. You know, she does a good job. But here's the deal. Holly lost a whopping 60%, 6-0, of her Facebook income literally overnight because of the new policies. Holly had a big Facebook presence. She had over 3 million followers. And here's the deal. She felt secure enough to hire five employees. Okay. Small businesses would fund America, folks. Her husband quit his job in the medical field to help run her business. And then boom. She almost lost it all, and she's not alone. I do have a confession. I had a similar experience, which I'm gonna share later on in this podcast. I'm gonna be honest with you, like I always am, and tell you the ins and outs and what really happened. Now, fortunately, I was smart enough not to sink all of our eggs into Facebook and never really wanted to anyway. In response to feedback about the new policies, a Facebook spokesperson told NBC News, and I quote, you ready? Although this means some public pages may see a decline in reach, the goal is to make sure that people can connect around authentic and engaging posts. What a bunch of Silicon Valley crap, isn't it? Who's to say what's engaging and authentic and what's not? If my traffic goes away, so does my income. If I'm not making any money, why should I even post anything engaging on Facebook? It's that simple. But again, that's not why I left Facebook. I've been holding this rant for many years now, and it's time I told my side of the story because I really want you to know, and it doesn't get any more real, more authentic, more engaging than this. I've asked Vicki Morgan, one of our tremendous, very talented podcast co-producers to sit down with me 
or a little heart to heart about why I left Facebook. And I guarantee you, you're going to know a lot more about how I work, what I think, my morals and my values after this interview. So let's get started. Vicki, welcome to Commando on Demand. Yes, uh, we're interviewing each other. How exciting. So, Kim, you've been in the tech industry and the broadcast industry for, oh my gosh, how many years now? I guess, how do you define tech industry? Because the first time I sat at a computer, I was about eight years old. But you've been in the broadcast industry for how many years? About 25 years. And you're a big believer in advertising. You understand it. You've used it. You built a company around it. So why did you pull the plug on Facebook? Well, I've been very blessed by advertising, right? I mean, advertising is how we pay our bills here at the Kip Commando Show. We have a stable of folks who want to spread their word about their products. And so initially, it goes back to not just advertising, Vicki. It goes to just a general premise about business. Because when Facebook first erupted, boy, I'll tell you, I sat around conference room tables with our marketing staff, our business operations folks, and they would say, listen, Kim, you got to get on the air and you got to tell everybody to join you on Facebook, right? And so and it wasn't just me. It was like every time you turned on the television or a radio station is that you heard everybody saying, join us on Facebook, join us on Facebook, join us on Facebook. And I was getting a lot of pushback from our internal staff because I wouldn't do it. So what happened? Well, here's what happened is I noticed that Facebook was starting to really get some momentum. And the reason why I didn't want to send our listeners, our fans, our base over to Facebook was I thought to myself, why am I sending them over to Facebook? I should be sending them to commando.com. Right. Because commando.com is where we need the traffic. I don't get paid anything if facebook.com gets traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, I'd say over like a couple of years... The marketing department and I, we sat down and they said, okay, you really need to say, join us at facebook.com slash Kim Commando, because here's what's going on. And they gave me all the numbers with Facebook. So I said, all right, okay, I'm a little late to the game. Maybe it was my mistake, right? But we pushed it until we got about close to 300,000 followers on social media. And anytime we would post anything on Facebook, Oh my gosh, Vicky, it was amazing. And I sat to myself and I thought to myself, gosh, you know what, Kim, you made a fundamental error in not telling people to join you on Facebook. That was a huge mistake that you did because I would look at the traffic. We'd post something up and we would have, in just a matter of minutes, we'd have like 2,500 new visitors to commando.com. Wow. Sometimes that number would be 5,000 people just by posting an article. So then I started pushing Facebook.com slash Kim Commando, Facebook.com slash Kim Commando. And the audience started growing there and getting bigger. But then it happened. What happened? Facebook pulled the plug. So whenever we posted something on Facebook.com, instead of getting a couple of thousand viewers, we would get, I'm not kidding you, we'd get 50 And then all of a sudden, this button popped up that said, do you want to boost the post? And then it would say, okay, in order for you to show your audience the content on Facebook.com, you're going to have to pay us. And sometimes that was like $3,000. And I was like, forget it. I'm never going to do that. So I really feel like today that Facebook has taken advantage of small business owners like myself, that we trusted them, we, would, we brought them our people, our audience. And then at the end of the day, they pulled the rug out from right from underneath us. 
And I can show you right now, Vicki, if you and I were sitting right here, I pull up our Google Analytics on Commando.com, and I will show you that even though we're still posting on Facebook, there's probably eight people right now on Commando.com from Facebook. When years ago, that would have been 5,000. So you're still posting on Facebook? Not as much as we used to. We still have a presence, but not that big. As far as the interactivity that we have with the service. And now they've upped the ante and they've taken that to the next level. So they're charging so much for all the new timeline features that are going to be released very soon that only big businesses are going to be able to afford them. It's like they're contradicting themselves because their brand is that we're going back to more of a family and friends sort of organic platform, but they're putting the screws to small businesses and not so much on large companies. They really are writing small businesses into a corner. And also, it's not just small businesses. It's people that have groups, nonprofit organizations, anything other than these major publishers like Campbell Brown. You may remember her. She was on television news for a long time, and now she's in charge of publisher development. She basically said, we don't care about you. If you're dead in the hospital, you're just dead because they're looking at the big dollars. It's this arrogance that I just can't stand because there is no more humility, maybe because they have 2 billion users. But personally, I have also gotten rid of my Facebook account. Has that changed your life in any sort of dramatic way, would you say? Yes, it's been freeing. It's been where I can take a deep breath and that addiction of being able to go on Facebook and to see what your distant family members and friends are doing. Because if it's your close circle, I mean, my brother and sisters and my mom and my nieces and nephews, we have a group chat that we do back and forth all day long. So I no longer have that connection with a lot of people that I didn't really have a connection with anyway before, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I also don't feel an obligation to have to answer certain things. Like I was also part of some closed groups that involved some listeners. And I, gosh knows, I love my listeners, but that was an obligation where I had to answer their questions or whatever it may be. Um, there was another closed group of listeners that were really tight with me. Then they call themselves the beta testers. And, you know, groups like that I do miss because I like those people. And now I find that we're interacting on the chat during the weekend show. So if you really want to interact with somebody, you're going to find another way. But it's on your terms now. There's not the same pressure that you felt on Facebook. I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to that. I really would encourage anybody, just take like a seven-day social media detox break. And I really think after the seven days, you're going to go, you know what? I, I don't really need this in my life. Well, first of all, the post-millennials are pulling out of major social media or they're keeping a very low organic profile. They're not placing as much importance on it. They're all pulling out of Facebook for one reason or another. It's kind of a shame in some way because there is a place for that interaction. But when big tech gets involved and now we have all the data gathering and all these couple of hundred thousand dollar data points that Facebook has on a lot of people that they are able to now sell that data to who knows who. So a lot of people don't realize that when they get on Facebook and they start posting about this was like the greatest cheeseburger and onion rings and french fries I've ever had in my entire life, that that data can then be sold to insurance companies who then will take a look at it and go, 
you know what? Maybe he's not that good of a risk for us. Mm-hmm. So with Facebook, I think the next natural question is like, you know, so where do you go with your small business, right? If Facebook is dead to you, what happens after that? And that's where we have started to do a lot of internal, intrinsic marketing, not relying on a third party in order to drive revenues and to drive sales. And so you have to get creative. You have to think out of the box. And that's one of the things that we've done here internally, like coming up with the so-called ambassador program so that if you want to be a Kim Commando ambassador, you want to share knowledge because knowledge is power in our lives. You like the tips. You like the podcasts. You like our breaking news alerts. You like knowing when there's a data breach before anybody else knows about it is that you can now encourage your family members and friends to join the newsletters, join the website, and then in return, you can win prizes up to it, including a free laptop. Well, sign me up. (laughs) That's a more meaningful connection than don't forget to visit our Facebook page and like us, blah, blah, blah. Right, exactly. And that's the other thing too, Vicki, is that's important, is that word personal, because people want to have a relationship with someone or something. And we are in the midst of a whole change of tides. I mean, since we're talking about our business right now, is that one of the decisions that we've made over the last 30 to 60, 90 days, and it actually has shocked a lot of people here in the studios, is that we started looking at the trends with the store. The store has always been a place where these are products that I say, these are great things for you to buy, right? These are great radar detectors, dash cams, laptops, whatever they may be. Well, as we started looking at the store and the trends as far as traffic, the trends as far as sales, and one of my mentors is a gentleman by the name of Fred, and Fred has always told me that you can never fall in love with your own product. Because if you fall in love with your own product, you cannot make, I guess you'd say, beneficial decisions because you may be skewed, right? Mm-hmm. And Fred, by the way, is, as I don't know if he's quite a billionaire, but I think he's close to it. Okay. So he's run a lot of businesses. He bought KFYI and Power 92 here in Phoenix for 6 million. He sold it for 90 million. So you kind of get my drift. Wow. This is a guy who has that Midas touch. So having that thought in my mind, we realized that, you know what, there's a big elephant in the room and let's just say it. We cannot compete against Amazon.com, okay? We can't. As a small business owner, we cannot compete against that type of enterprise. And I'm guilty of it, maybe you are too, that you see a product online, you go, wow, that's a great product. You go over to Amazon, you buy it on Amazon because it's easier. You don't have to open up an account, right? Correct. So with the store, the shop at commando.com, you're gonna see that changing into more personal products personalized content. So if you want to learn how to be a Power Windows 10 user, I'm going to teach you how to do that. If you have a brand new phone, you're wondering how to get that up and running the quick and easy way, we're going to teach you how to do that too. Your Wi-Fi network has dead zones, we're going to teach you exactly how to fix that. And if you want certifications along the way, we're going to offer those too. And that's something that Facebook is now preventing most businesses from doing is establishing that personal relationship 
with people because they've put a bunch of stipulations on small businesses. You can't give a call to action. You can't sound like you're selling something. You can't sound like you're even instructing people to do something. You can't use promotional language on your cover image. You can't even reach the people that you want to reach without buying their reach generator, which I heard doesn't work as well as a personal email anyway. That's a good point because it doesn't work. I mean, trust me, if we could boost a post, right, and we could see an ROI on that money, even if it was $75, I even tried, I even went up to $250 once. Said, you know what, let's pretend we're in Vegas. I'll throw it on the craps line, right? Let's see what happens. Nothing. I did not see any result from that whatsoever. All I did was think to myself, okay, Facebook took me again and took my money And I'll be damned if I let it happen a third time. And then with all the money that you spent on Facebook ads, did you ever feel like you had a relationship with them or were you appreciated by them? No, they never gave you the idea that they cared. And I don't think they do care. And you have to remember, too, and I I hope this doesn't come off incorrectly, but, you know, the median age of a Facebook employee last time I checked was 28 years old. I don't know about you, Vicky, but when I was 28, I thought I was smart, but I really wasn't, okay? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really until I hit my stride in my late 30s and 40s in business where I, where I could make great decisions and stand by those decisions. And I think it goes back to something that my mother told me. I was vacillating with a decision. I even forget what the decision was, but I was explaining to her like, you know, the Ben Franklin clothes. I mean, here are the pluses, here are the minuses, and I don't really know what to do. And over a cup of tea, my mother looked at me and she said, you know, here's the deal, Kim. (laughs) I'm like, okay, what now? She said, you're over the age of 40. There's not much more you need to learn over the age of 40. You've been hurt, you've been blessed, you've cried, you've experienced joy and contentment, you've gotten screwed over. What more do you have to learn? I have to tell you, my mother is a systems analyst. She's an engineer and she's from Brooklyn and she doesn't have a filter, you know what I mean? And this is one of those times that I just looked at her and I put down my cup of tea and I looked at her and said, God, you are just brilliant. Wow. So when it comes to make a decision after the age of 40, that decision is now based inside of you. The decision is based in your faith, in your family, and in your gut. What does your gut say? You have people that are deciding what you should see, what you should not see, curating content, what they should do with your data, and everything else. And they don't really have a basis of experience yet, do they? Not really. And what I find to be particularly disturbing is that they are pretending to go back to this grassroots sort of a platform, but it smells like big business to me, like more rules, not less. And if you look at what happens in Silicon Valley with tech companies, I mean, look at MySpace, goes all the way up, boom, comes crashing down, right? And a lot of people are saying, you know, Facebook kind of shot up there and they're coming down pretty quickly. What's going to be going on? Will they ever go out of business? 
hey, you know what? People still hang out at MySpace, but I just don't think it has the pull anymore. And I think people really need to realize that they're not alone in feeling this. And are there other places to go to get social interaction? Yeah, of course there are. Maven and Patreon and YouTube. And you, you can interact with anybody wherever. It's all set up that way now. And then also it gets to where maybe you start setting up private group chats. And the big challenge there is, I will just tell you right now, is that you have to be careful that you post in the right group <laughs> because sometimes people make mistakes. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to say that, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny. Sometimes funny, sometimes not so funny. <laughs> My final question in this as we wrap it up is, in, in a perfect world, what would it take to bring you back to Facebook? Do you ever think you'd go back or is it time for a new approach to communication and relationship. I'm going to tell you something very personal about me. I bought a BMW when I was probably in my early 30s and I couldn't really afford it. I got taken by how much I paid and I got taken by because the salesperson said that in order for me to qualify for the loan, I needed to buy the five-year warranty. So I got totally ripped off. So even to this day, I will not buy a BMW because I got ripped off. And so asking me if I'm going to go back to Facebook, the answer is no. Because once you've screwed me, I'm not going back again for a second time. I've already gotten hurt. I'm not going back to that well. That entity, that person, whoever it is, they don't have that level of integrity that you need in order to have the confidence to go back. We have been working behind the scenes since last March to develop a community-based commando.com where you don't have to pay to join, by the way. There'll be a free level, but of course, there'll be a higher level and a guru level. And the different levels allow you to do different things, whether it's what you want to post in the community that acts and works a lot like Facebook, whether you want to take some classes, you want to share your knowledge, you want to blog, you want to actually participate with other people, like-minded people who listen to The Kim Commando Show, who go to commando.com. And so within the next couple of months, there'll be a new community-based commando.com that I think our audience will really love. And I guarantee you that I'm not going to track what you're doing. That's really exciting to be a part of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what commando.com is going to do. Thanks, Vicki, for sitting in. And we're excited about it too. I love our fans and they really have a lot to offer. And so do our sponsors, by the way. So let's hear a quick message from one of the companies that make our podcast possible. Okay, welcome back. And if you think I'm being a little harsh on Facebook, listen to this. I'm not alone. Last month, a top news executive told a group of online publishers that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care about news publishers and that Facebook was willing to, quote, unquote, let them die if they didn't play by Facebook's rules. In fact, her name is Campbell Brown. You may remember her name. She was on NBC News or ABC News or something like that for many years. And she's now the global head of news partnerships at Facebook. She reportedly told a group of publishers, and again, I quote, I'll be holding your hands with your dying business like in a hospice. Great. She's the head of partnerships. And right there, she's saying, hmm, I'm going to hold your hand while you die. Well, at least she's being honest. I'd like to introduce an expert who isn't ready to jump the Facebook ship yet. I'm open to all opinions, so I contacted Greg Nicholson. He's the co-author of Amazon's number one best-selling book, 
brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner, fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business. What a great title. He's helped generate over $63 million in revenue for numerous startup companies, as well as Fortune 50 companies you know of, like Microsoft and Oracle. Greg specializes in generating clients using paid search, social media, funnels, automated nurturing campaigns, and other strategies that most marketers don't want you to know about. So Greg, with that said, I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Kim. It's an honor. I'm happy to be here. So for you, the jury's still out on Facebook. You're not ready to throw in the towel yet. I mean, you do have to admit, they do have a ton of people who do nothing but hang out on Facebook all day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I definitely have a different perspective on it. So I, I certainly want to be respectful. Uh, everybody's got an opinion and mine's just one. I can respect that. But with all the data breaches, the political meddling, the new anti-promotional timeline guidelines that are kicking in, I think business owners are pretty fed up. What has been your experience, say, over the last year or so? For the most part, it's been positive. You know, Facebook changes things around a lot. A lot of targeting options have gone away, and they kind of do that without notice. And, and so sometimes you do feel like the rug is being pulled out from underneath you. But still, when I consider as of as recent as June 2018, there's over 2 billion people who log on to Facebook at least once every 30 days. I mean, it's the biggest platform the world's ever known. Your book subtitle mentions the word peaceful. I love that. What do you mean by peaceful marketing? How do you define that? So I, I'm a big believer in doing small tests. Uh, I believe in the adage, fail fast, even though the goal is never to fail, but to find out what works, double down on that, find out what doesn't work, and fail as quickly and cheaply as possible. You know, it's all about return on ad spend, and it's got to be a good investment for the client for us to keep going and using it. Okay, but then there's the word profitable. Can you have peace and profitability on Facebook? I mean, I couldn't. Yeah, that's a big question. I think that's the pursuit of pursuits. As a business owner, your goal obviously is to be profitable. So that's the kind of thinking that we need to think about and investing, doing small tests, and know that it's a very competitive cutthroat world out there. If you don't have a competitor today, you will by two o'clock this afternoon. So what you're saying is competition is competition. Even if Facebook didn't exist, you would still have the same problem, gaining an edge over your competitors. I see a lot of small business owners and they call the show, they send me emails, I meet them in person. They are struggling, really struggling to make that happen. It's all about partnering with people who can help you with the expertise in marketing. I also speak to a lot of people who say, well, I tried Google and it doesn't work. You know, if Google didn't work, they'd be out of business. Like anything, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. You know, I can play basketball, but that doesn't make me LeBron. Okay, that reminds me, in your book, you and your co-authors talk about the expert as opposed to the unexpert. And oh my gosh, there are so many people claiming to be experts out there who really aren't, and they're everywhere. So if you are an expert, isn't it better to establish yourself through a more personal marketing plan and develop trust rather than this glutted, misleading community that may exist on Facebook? Oh, there's a lot of self-proclaimed gurus and experts for you name it. You're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of them. Even 
getting client references and testimonials. Anybody can get those. A lot of it can be faked. You know, the reality is testing is the only thing where you know you're getting what you're supposed to get. Just because I can get a result for company ABC doesn't necessarily mean that I can get it for company XYZ because their target market's different, their follow-up approach is different. There's so many variables. And so I always advocate with my clients is, look, I'll put skin in the game with you. Let's do a test together. I'm willing to invest my time in your business and that creates trust. See, and that's great, but here's the thing. Maybe I'm naive, even after all these years, but I have to tell you, I trusted Facebook. I put my skin in the game. I just came out skinned alive though, if you know what I mean. I've never had a less return on investment than was my experience with Facebook. There's been no peace, that's for sure. No measurable profits. When they started making us pay to boost our posts, my fan base actually went down. I mean, significantly down. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I don't know what Westar did or what those marketing efforts look like, but I do know you mentioned boosted posts. Boosted posts, in my opinion, are not the way to go. You don't have the targeting options. You don't have so many of the other tools that Facebook has available to you as if you're using Facebook ads. So yeah, with boosted posts, you're basically barely making a dent in what you should be targeting. It's not good for driving traffic, in my opinion. But with all of Facebook's new timeline policies, aren't you gonna have to change some of your online marketing strategies? Because nothing's constant but change in the tech field. I'm sure I will. Uh, Every time Facebook makes a major change, then yeah, we have to react. And uh, I know that they give kind of a peek behind the curtain to big, big companies, but to normal people like me, it's we're just gonna be told and it's just bam, this is gonna get dropped and we'll have to react and figure out how to make that work. It certainly has stubbed my toe a few times on that and, and impeded progress on campaigns. But, you know, we find a workaround, find a way to make it work. So what's the bottom line for you, Greg, when it comes to online advertising? Where do you draw the line? Marketing should be an investment. You should be making at least two or three times the cost of marketing and revenue. And if it's not, then that's something that you eliminate or modify to find a way to make that work. Exactly. And when it doesn't work, we both agree. Time to ditch the old plan and reinvent a new one. I've always said, if you don't innovate, you're going to evaporate. And hey, if my listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they go? My website is elevate-business.com. And if you're interested in the book, it's available on Amazon. Well, thanks, Greg. I'm so glad that you took some time for us today for this podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So if you're tired of dumping money into Facebook and all the marketing experts in the world can't fix your problem, of course, the million-dollar question is, what can you do? Well, you can do what I'm about to do, something businesses have done for years before anything called online marketing was on the horizon. I am going to rub elbows with my fans. That's right. I want my fans to help me steer the ship. So many of you have written in, telling me about your tech talents, your writing skills, your video editing skills. Some of you are even inventors and app developers. Some of you drop by the studios, which I love, and you just want to say hi, and that's so cool. Commando.com is a tech community just waiting to happen. And that's what I think. So we're headed there. 
Maybe you can do something similar with your business too. Create your own community. We have a brand new Kim's Club that's all social media driven. And I'm gonna give you a secret. We haven't promoted this at all, but coming soon is a new venture called the Commando Innovation Labs. If you have a tech product that you want to promote and you wanna get it out there from coast to coast, you'll be able to submit your products to us. And if the products are good enough, I'm gonna put some skin in the game. I'm gonna put some of my personal money into your venture. If you can't do any of that, there's always Twitter. They're selling Twitter timeline ads. They're supposed to help generate revenue for your site. And then there's Maven. I don't know if you've heard about that. Maven is formatted kind of almost like Facebook. And since 2016 had lassoed lots of publishers, they get about 90 million single organic clicks a month. Holly Homer, you know, that entrepreneur I was telling you about from Texas, she moved her kids activity page to Maven. So Maven might be a good option for you. We're actually looking at it for commando.com, but I haven't decided on it yet. And don't forget about sites like Spotify, Lively, Patreon. I did a podcast about how to make money streaming music not too long ago, but you can use these sites to post anything. It doesn't have to be music. You can even earn royalties in some cases. So it really comes down to this. As my guest, Greg Nicholson said, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. If you conduct your business with integrity, you treat people's personal information as if it were your own. You will reap rewards. You don't have to rip people off and your scales should be balanced fairly. You will come out ahead. All right, you may watch the cheaters pass you by and go up fast, but they'll eventually fall one way or another. Just keep building your business on that solid ground, that foundation of honesty, where your yes means yes, your no means no. Give yourself and your business time to mature. The best companies stand the test of time. They know how to ride the waves, the feast and the famines, the storms. And most importantly, they know the value of a human being. Don't lose that. Thanks for joining us for this Commando On Demand podcast. And be sure to subscribe to all of my podcasts. Because this way, you'll get into the future of technology with your eyes wide open, ready for anything that may come your way. And to subscribe, you know the drill. Head over to iTunes, Google Play, hit the big old subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this podcast, if you'd like to comment on it, can't do it on Facebook, sorry. But you can go ahead and join me on Twitter, at Kim Commando. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get to that budget just as soon as I. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.